you know, there's this, this like subconscious instinct to, and drive to have a flat abdomen. And I, it's not healthy. It's not healthy to obsess over it. If you naturally have a flat abdomen and that's great, that's, that's your body type and it's okay. But for you to go from extremes to try to achieve that maybe by under eating or uh, over exercising, you can, if you're menstruating and ovulating, you can lose your period and lose your ovulation and or increase your risk for low bone density if you're not eating enough with age. There is this huge obsession amongst women, even men, but especially in women I find with belly weight and it impacts everybody's thoughts around their self-image when you're looking at social media and you see rock solid, you know, 12 pack abs and you think, Hmm, should I have abs like that? You know, I, I don't think that, uh, it's, it really, we, we, we need to change it. <laughs> we need to change. hundred percent. But you know what? It's not even just for midlife people, by the way, I know this yeah. is like for that, but a whole, huge, amount of young people will want that as well. The six pack abs. Yeah. And so let's, let's like debunk the myth of how we need to have a six pack in order to feel good about ourselves. Right. So we're going to debunk that, but then we're also going to talk about why it happens and yes, then how to work, do the work around and solutions around it so that it's, you know, healthy. I think that should be the emphasis is like, how do you have a healthy abdomen you don't have the extra visceral adipose tissue so that it can be hard on your liver and increase your risk for say type two diabetes and whatnot. But let's first talk about how, you know, it, one of the things I learned from Alison Armstrong, we've had her on here as a guest. So check back to further our previous episode with her talking about relationships. And one of the things that she said to me that was quite intuitive and, and not necessarily evidence-based, but that she said, instinctually as women, we want to have flat abs to attract a mate that thinks that we're not pregnant so that he can preg- impregnate us. I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. So we don't want to show off a pregnant quote unquote, you know, air quote belly. Um, we want to have flat abs to have that. And the moment she said that, I thought, oh my goodness, you know, that's so fascinating. It m- might have some real truth behind it. Like, you know, that we're trying to attract a mate that thinks like, so that is that where our obsession is coming from? I mean, it can't be totally obsession about health because really, you know, if, if the obsession was only around health, then we wouldn't care about all the other aesthetics, like our nails and our hair and everything else. And she talks even about how, like, we want our hair to be like full and shiny because it indicates that we're ovulating, which is true. Estrogen impacts like hair quality and whatnot. So you know, there's this, this like subconscious instinct to, and drive to have a flat abdomen. And I, it's not healthy. It's not healthy to obsess over it. If you naturally have a flat abdomen and that's great, that's, that's your body type and it's okay. But for you to go from extremes to try to achieve that maybe by under eating or uh, over exercising, you can, if you're menstruating and ovulating, 
you can lose your period and lose your ovulation and or increase your risk for low bone density if you're not eating enough with age, right? So let's say in the postmenopausal years. So yeah, and I it's think- not a healthy aspiration to have, especially mm-hmm. in the perimenopause, menopausal years. We're or not trying young. to we need to embrace our age and mm-hmm. we don't have to subscribe to we need to look like a 20-year-old. Like that's that's no. not realistic and it's not healthy. And we did an episode on body neutrality. So if you haven't listened or watched that, just go back to that um, after. And um, let's talk more about, you know, the realities of our metabolism slowing down. Can you address that, please? The, the yeah, so down? naturally with age, our basal metabolic rate, which is what we burn at rest, it's it uh, slows down. So how many calories we burn at rest naturally slows because we naturally lose muscle mass and our body composition shifts our body compartments. We become a little bit higher in fat as we lose muscle mass and bone density. That's just natural, no matter what, no matter how much effort and energy you put into exercising and eating healthy. That's just the natural, you know, physiology of our bodies with age. When we go through perimenopause, there is a definite hormone shift that can happen with sometimes in some cases, roller coastering hormones. Like we already have a slight roller coaster, but we can become more intense and are with age, we become more insulin resistant. And what does that mean? It puts us at higher risk for type two diabetes in North America and Canada. It's like one in three Canadians. We've quoted this a few times are at risk for type two diabetes. So they're pre-diabetic. And that increases with age. It happens more often in our, uh, that risk goes up in our forties. And as we transition past ovulating, uh, years and men, as their testosterone is declining, because we're all connected, it's like, it's all a part of the endocrine system. So our ovaries and, and men's testicles, they communicate with the, you know, the rest of the endocrine system and it, they all interact and it's impacted. So what you eat definitely does matter. And our society of abundant foods like that are sugary and refined and processed uh, definitely has an impact as well to the point where it's not just about the belly weight gain. Like if you're eating carbohydrates that are not healthy, you can have uh, more illness in other ways. If you can feel more symptoms of perimenopause and and, uh, menopause, like hot flushes and night sweats. So eating healthier carbohydrates matters. So it's partly our metabolism shift, but then it's also what we're exposed to. And then our needs for, um, you know, because our basal metabolic rate goes down with age, our needs to eat as much goes down. We don't need as many calories as we age, but we're used to eating more because we're more active when we're younger. So we also are less active naturally as we age. We can maintain physical activity, but just not at the same intensity as we did when we were younger. We shouldn't really try to strive to be that act, as active. There should be some level of continuous activity to maintain, you know, functional exercise and, and strength training and cardio. But it shifts. We talked about that in another episode. So with all of that, we have a higher risk of belly weight gain. But and yes, you can offset. Um, you know, some of the belly weight gain, but understanding also that your body will reshape and it's okay. Like you'll get a little bit more hip um, weight and you'll get a little more belly weight and that's natural and normal. And 
we want to, though, recognizing the health impact, just try to limit it. Right. So it's very interesting, right? Like, so as much as we talk about, you know, understanding the belly weight in the middle, did I not just start a two week challenge or four week challenge? I only actually remember what it is for ab workout. So it's like every day you do like five five days a week, you do a little bit of ab. But what is cool about this, by the way, it's not like crazy crunches, but, you know, planks, which is actually like, like a full body workout anyway. So I really like that. And I'm not, and, and just so you know, and I hope that we can inspire people to do a similar thing. So it's not about, oh, well, we shouldn't care and just let ourselves go hundred percent. Like I just want to feel strong. And, and to me personally, to be honest, I actually have, um, lower discs, uh, in my lumbar spine, there's a degenerative disc going on. So if I don't take care of it, if I don't keep strong, it does literally um, remind me every single day that I have it. So my uh, motivation is less about having less belly weight and having that flat abs. Of course, it's not a bad thing to like have less belly weight. No. But, but my motivation truly is about how can I stay strong how do I not hurt my back? And how do I prevent the progression of what's happening there? Right? Yes. And so I think it's important to say it's not, again, about um, like defying our aging and just abandoning working out. I think it's we both know it's super important to keep working out and just doing it at a different level so that we don't hurt ourselves and we can stay healthy. Right. Incorporating more flexibility and stretching so that we don't get injured and making sure that we have strength training in there, not just cardio so that we can kind of slow down the reduction in lean body mass. Because with age, uh, we tend to lose our lean body mass, but if we do strength training, our metabolism stays uh, healthier, it will slow down less so if we do strength training and core exercises and we're more prone to injury. So if we keep our core strong, then we'll be less likely to injure and we can maintain the exercise. So you're right. It's not about avoiding lean abs. It's just not obsessing over it. That shouldn't be your only uh, thought or target, or, you know, it should be in generally looking at the tools. So what are the tools? Uh, well, first assessment, like understand why you have perhaps maybe more belly weight gain. And one of the things you're looking at is like making sure that in the perimenopausal stage that your thyroid is healthy, doing a fasting insulin glucose challenge, not just looking at your three-month sugar average, like the HbA1c, which tells you how much sugar is bound to your red blood cells. See what your body is doing in response to a sugar load. Is your insulin off the charts? Insulin is a growth hormone. So it makes you gain weight and you want to make sure that it's not going really high in response to a sugar load, because if it is, then you want to kind of improve the communication between your insulin, its receptors. And then you also want to look at sleep. Like how are you doing with sleep? Because if your sleep is off because you're, let's say perimenopause and you can't sleep the week before your period, then your ghrelin hormones going up and your leptin is going down, which means you get hungrier and less full. And then you are perhaps turning to more refined carbs. It's this like huge cycle. So look at your tools to improve sleep to help you so that you can then 
have a healthier mind to choose better foods and have the energy to put in the work to choose carbs that you're going to cook that are healthier. For example, brown rice over, you know, pasta or quick things like a sandwich, have salad bowls with quinoa and legumes and that kind of thing. I like how you mentioned about all this. And then what I don't want to forget is that um, even with age and longevity, I think, I don't know about you, but in my culture, oftentimes it's like you eat until you are stuffed till like your tummy hurts, right? That's what we were learning. It's like, finish all your food and I'm going to like feed you like crazy. But we can't do that as we get older. And what we know in research too, is that those that have the longest lives, like if you look at the longevity projects, what we find is that people that actually don't eat till they're full and when they're eating till they're about 70 to 80%, um, that's when you're at your top and that helps to elongate your life. And I'm not going to lie. It's hard for me to eat till just 70%. I want to eat till I'm full. <laughs> but that said, I am, I am decreasing my food intake as I get older and it is possible, guys. It is yes. possible. That is a golden rule. I like it. I also like it because you can then wake up a little bit hungrier, or if let's say you choose to stop eating after a certain time in the night, then you, you know, let's say six o'clock and then you just kind of go to bed, not starving, but like light. And then you wake up and maybe you have, you know, your, your breakfast right away, something nutritious that's going to keep your digestion satisfied and have you have a good healthy bowel movement. So, cause a lot of people also feel not just like belly weight, but like they feel bloated right? Because they're just constantly eating. So the other thing is just having um, food as like three meals per day and maybe giving your digestion a break, right? So like it's giving it a break by not filling it up totally full, that 70%. I love it. And then also taking the break. So that doesn't necessarily have to be like pure intermittent fasting where, you know, you stop eating for 16 hours. It could just be 12 hours, right? From like seven to seven or eight to eight, right? And so go back to our episodes where we discuss about intermittent fasting as well. We have so much good stuff, guys. So if you like what we're talking about, please go back to all of our podcasts and come back. So subscribe and share because we've got lots of goodies we want to share with you. So you can contact us if you have other questions as well. And also you can reach out to us at aliveholistichealth.ca and actually just book in and speak to us directly because we would love to help you.